Friends, welcome to Curious Psalms, a podcast where we practice reading and praying this wonderful prayer book of God's people. I'm your host, Matt, and today you're going to hear, and I'm delighted that you're going to hear, Aaron Antone, our Director of Music and Technical Arts at Granite Springs Church. Of course, I know, many of you probably know him from the mega hit podcast, The Curious Church Podcast, which he also hosts as a part of our Granite Springs uh, church family of podcasts. I don't know if that's a thing, but we'll go with it. Aaron has a real deep love for the Psalms. I think you'll hear that in this episode and has written many songs based on the Psalms that we use for worship here at Granite Springs. And I, I can speak for myself and I'm confident that I'm speaking for others as well, that Aaron's music has regularly helped me access the Psalms in fresh ways. So if you want to hear some of those, you can always go to Aaron Antone com and hear his music there or worship with us because they come up all the time in our services here at Granite Springs. Well, without further ado, let's dive into today's psalm. Here's Aaron reading Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you be destroyed in your way. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Hey! Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Matt. It's, uh, it's great to podcast with you. Oh, always great always. to podcast together. And what a psalm to have your inaugural Curious Psalms debut. We're busting right out of the gate, aren't we? <laughs> Just straight into it. Well, Aaron, we've, we've got our three questions Yeah, that, you know, we can dilly-dally all day, but the questions will, will help us along. Let's get to it. So I'd love to dive in, and I want to give you first word. As someone who spent a lot of time with Psalms, I didn't tell you this ahead of time, but okay. I think it's valuable for the listeners to hear from you first. Yeah. But we can each we can each answer the questions. And the first question is always just what stood out to you in reading the Psalm? I think what stood out to me, and this isn't I don't think this is something we see in the Psalms a lot. I did just a little bit of research. I'm not a, a biblical scholar by any means, but there's not a lot of God laughing in the Psalms. And it's an, oh, interesting. And it's an image, I think. It's kind of a compelling image. When I think of God laughing, I have this weird like Sunday school image of there's that super white Jesus uh, image mm-hmm. where he's like throwing back his head and, and laughing. <laughs> you think, okay, that's an image of joy, I guess, is what that's supposed to be. Sure. But this God's like laughing sort of in a mocking way at sort yeah. of at the ambitions of, of these earthly rulers. I thought that was a really, really interesting image. And I don't, it's not something as, as a, person who loves the psalms there's maybe there's more in the psalms that i know about but it's not something i don't don't think we think about in terms of the psalms yeah that's fascinating it is an unusual kind of response from god we're not used to thinking of god 
God, he loves people, and he mocks people. Yeah, he, like, he's, he, scoffs, he scoffs at them. <laughs> so in a way, it's but, really it's really humbling to think of, you know, and it's interesting what could have happened over the course of time in terms of translation, what it originally would have been, I don't know. But the way it found its way in our versions now is scoffs, I think is uh, totally fascinating. Yeah, I wonder... You know, because the the psalm itself has quite a bit of wrath and anger in it. And it's a warning, right, to these nations. Therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth, is verse 10. And I wonder if that laughter, I mean, there's so many different ways that we can hear it. Is it the laughter of like patting on the head, like sort of, you're a little (laughs) pathetic, you know, like that laughter, or is it, or is it kind of like that full blown scoffing? And I wonder almost if the song is kind of building, right? Does it start with a chuckle and then just becomes like ridiculous that these Kings are trying to sort of rebel or have their own way? I don't, I don't know. That's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, this psalm in general, yeah. I would put in the category. This is my unofficial categorization, and not the biblical scholar categorization. <laughs> but this is the, in the. I put this in the aggressive category ah, of psalms. Like this is ah. this is this is a watch out psalm. Um, a watch out yeah, psalm, which I think is kind of interesting. Aaron. You are right now setting the categories for this entire podcast. Oh, great! So okay, okay. <laughs> I should have read all one fifty and made and categorized them. <laughs> It is aggressive, for sure. I think it can be a little bit disorienting because of that to readers. You know, I was reading a little bit about it, and often it's thought that this was probably a coronation psalm. So as a, as the king in Israel is being uh, crowned, this is sort of the warning to all the other nations to submit. Because yeah. here, here is God's people, and here is the king's anointed. And it can be a little disorienting. I think as 21st century for you and I Americans. Yeah, but I think. If we can kind of zoom out, and I love what you said, there's something humbling about this reality of God's reign that continues to today, even if he his people is now re-envisioned in a different way than it was when the psalm was originally written. Yeah. There's still some deep kind of truth. And the aggressiveness, I think, is something kind of to hold on to. On that note, the thing that really stood out to me was verse 6. It builds up, like verse 4 and verse 5, like we have this laughter that you pointed out kind of building Then God rebukes them in his anger, terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. It's interesting to me that the the terrifying statement that God makes is not, I'm going to smite you, I'm going to destroy you. It's, Ah. I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain or holy hill. And that felt like I could really, I could resonate with that because it's almost like the thing that scares us the most or is the most terrifying is the idea that we're not the ultimate rulers of ourselves and our lives. Yeah. And so here, it's not sort of some promise of destruction. It's actually just the fact that someone else is ruling and someone else has been appointed to rule. And that kind of flips our world upside down. And it just stood out to me, like that simple verse is doing all that work, you know? Oh, that's really interesting. And I was reading, I'm using the study Bible, but I was reading uh, about how often the psalm is referenced in the New Testament in terms of referencing Christ as uh, God's anointed one. Um, yeah. So I thought that's, yeah, that all kind of checks yeah. out. The New Testament loves this psalm, which is super interesting because I think for, my guess is for contemporary Christians, if they were to read the Psalter, Psalm 2 would not be one we'd naturally gravitate to. But in Acts 4, Peter and John They come out of prison and they have this prayer with kind of all the disciples who are gathered there. 
And this this psalm is some of the language that they pray. Yeah. And it's like, wow, so interesting that this is the place where those early Christians were going to, where they were seeing Jesus, right, as this anointed one huh. is, yeah, I think super fascinating, compelling. You mentioned a little bit about how this some of these ideas are disorienting maybe for 21st century Americans. And I thought I thought about another thing that seemed sort of disorienting for for us as as modern Americans is we love stories where the rebels are the good guys. Oh, so yeah. this I so this whole Star idea, Wars. Yeah, exactly. Star Wars. <laughs> like he's he's literally saying like I could just like Darth Vader's laughing. I rebuke you. So I thought <laughs> huh. if you we like we want to be we want the underdog to rise up against the, the the big the big empire or the big scary god but i think to make that turn as people mm-hmm. of faith to say no we, there's shelter what's just the very last verse blessed are all you who do yeah in, in him just that's such a good point one. yeah yeah i wonder if that's because we have such a little framework of people in power being just and good in other words, yeah. we have so little concept of the idea that someone would rule and reign with absolute power and that that would be a fundamental good thing to everyone. <laughs> yeah, as right? A, right. That's so true. Yeah. Uh, everyone who everyone who has a lot of power is immediately corrupted and using that power for evil instead of good. And I mean, that yeah, bears that's itself a, out time after time in human history, right? Totally. And this psalm is in some sense confronting that, I think, in us right our natural tendency to want to rebel and just saying well actually no this this is the good and that last line i think does that work really beautifully yeah god's not just saying i'm king and fall in line or else it's actually like hey blessed are all who take refuge in him kings if you take this warning if you heed this there is blessing to be had uh, because when god is in power it is fundamentally good for everyone but that that also is so different i love yeah i love what you said we root for the underdog yeah and this psalm confronts that in strange ways <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah well let's move on to our second question and i think you know we've started to tap into it maybe a little bit but what do we learn about god from this psalm um yeah, I think we kind of talked a little bit about it, but I was thinking about the idea. I think we learn like the futility of conspiring against him, right? So if mm-hmm. we talk about humans with power, your power is sort of is sort of useless if you're working against what God is doing on earth. Um, yeah. So yeah, in a way, I would go back to being being humbled by this psalm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just tag on to what you were saying earlier about how there's the idea of taking refuge in God instead of instead of having that power be something we fear it. We fear it as, as uh, God-fearing people, but uh, taking refuge in him as his people, I think, is kind of what we learn. Yeah. You know, as you said that, it, the mental connection for me was to the Lord's Prayer. These opening lines of the Lord's Prayer, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It strikes me that that is a very Psalm 2 prayer. It echoes this, right? And Psalm 2 helps put maybe even more words to some of that, where it points out, we we pray that not only because that is good, but also because it is futile for it to be for any other reality. Right, right. Right? Hallowed be your name is a way of saying we both want to participate in this, and it is already true. We want to hallow your name and make your name holy. Yeah. And this is the reality that we cannot do anything to detract from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
can we enter the story? Can we enter your story? Right. Right. Yeah. I think another thing that I think we learn about God is I was just struck by the way that this psalm pushes on us that anytime we try to reduce God to one simple thing or one simple part of his character, the Bible, and in this case, Psalm 2, pushes back on us that God is deeper and holds more within himself than uh, we can imagine. Sometimes I think we're tempted to say, like, we take a word like love or we take a word like grace and our own understandings of those words and we just kind of map it fully onto God, right? And we say, like, this, this is the thing that trumps all other things. And that's not to say that these aren't deep characteristics of God. But I think this psalm pushes on us that we also have to remember there is judgment. God does reign, uh, and he doesn't just tolerate uh, resistance. And even saying that makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I want to do a retake of saying that, but I think that's what Psalm 2 is saying. You're like, quick, this, New Testament re- God, quick, where's, where's, yeah. where's the New Testament God? <laughs> I know, but that instinct, I think this is one of the beautiful things about reading the Psalms, is it gives us, I mean, you and I have often talked about the Psalms give us a full picture of human emotion, but they also give us a full picture of who of who God is altogether when we read not just one psalm or dive into certain verses, but when we read the whole thing. And so just pushing back on any tendency we might have to try to simplify God to make sense of him, yeah. then something like this says, he's actually pretty awe-inspiring. <laughs> Resist that temptation. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, finally, our last question. Yeah. Unless you have something else about what we learn about God from this psalm. No, I think we totally covered right. it 100%. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> We just nailed it. Uh, Our last question is, how does this psalm help us to pray? I was thinking about kind of the two, two of the focuses. And after, after talking, I see that there's kind of, there's more to it, obviously, than there is after you just read it through. But I initially thought about two focuses and one is on God's power and the other is our submission. So I think, I think, prayer with those two things in mind will always be it will always come from a pretty genuine place of of power and truth and you talked about talking about the lord's prayers was interesting i think i wonder how many psalms can kind of can kind of connect and find their way into the lord's prayer probably most of them but having god's power and our submission are both sort of enveloped also in the lord's prayer yeah totally that's, that's what i was thinking about when i was reading it yeah, I think that's really helpful, Aaron, because as you say that, I'm struck by how those things are very interrelated, right? There's no separating kind of God's power and our submission, and yet I really like to try to separate them, <laughs> if that makes sense. My response to this question was, like, one way it helps me pray is with awe. I just like to be amazed at God's power. <laughs> yeah. But then the flip side of the fact that then I have to submit because he's powerful I'd prefer to ignore that if I could. (laughs) And the beauty of something like Psalm 2 helps us, I think, pray both those things at once, like you're saying. It's not just that God's powerful. Don't just be amazed at that. Don't just look and point and say, isn't it amazing that he's powerful? Yeah. Uh, That puts requirements on us. The beautiful way to put it is we are invited to take refuge in him and to not rely on ourselves, you know? Yeah. But I appreciate holding those two together rather than sort of, yeah, separating them. And just pointing, kind of pointing and marveling rather than recognizing the way that it kind of impinges on our lives uh, in positive ways. Matt, as usual, you took my uh, half-formed idea and really thought it through. <laughs> you, you, you made it a real thing. So thanks for doing that. 
No, it wasn't half formed. I think in part, <laughs> but it was the observation of how my own instinctive response to this question of just kind of being in awe yeah. met up against what you were saying, which yeah. is why it's fun to have these conversations together and not just have one voice on a podcast like this yeah. is because I'm like, oh yeah, just pointing is not actually what the psalm is doing. That right. That's part of what's happening. Right. But it's also this warning and call, right? To serve the Lord with fear, celebrate his rule with trembling. We've talked recently so. about sincerity in worship. And I think this is, this almost is a parallel in terms of sincerity and prayer where you're right. Instead of us trying to convince ourselves that God is awesome, no, it's right there. That's already sort of foregone part of <laughs> part of our worship and part of our prayer. So then our only yeah. sort of response can be a submission. So yeah, I like I like that. I like thinking about those separately, but then really they are really one thing. That's great. Yeah, Aaron. Any final thoughts? Not that we've, you know, wrapped up and fully encompassed everything that Psalm 2 is, but... I, I think there's a lot to think about already in just this yeah. short chat. But I mean, I, I feel uh, sort of inspired now. Maybe this will be the next uh, song I work on. I mean, early... Oh, that would be... Early Psalms have sort of been like, I haven't gone... I haven't gone uh, too many single digits yet. Maybe just Psalm 8. Maybe I've got to dig down into Psalm 2 a little bit after after our chat. See what comes... See what happens. Wow. I'd be so curious to see you kind of work creatively with this psalm because there's there's a lot there. There's multiple voices, right? There's a number of characters. That would be really, yeah, really interesting. I'm ready to sing it. Whatever whatever <laughs> you come up with, count me in. Well, as the royalties roll in, I'll, I'll cut you in. A good 4%. <laughs> well, I don't think that's necessary, but I will take it. it Thank you. What's going to happen anyway? <laughs> Aaron, thanks so much for joining us for our Psalm 2 conversation. It was great. Appreciate your insight as thanks, well. Thanks for lot. having me. Great to be here. Yeah, friends. Remember, blessed are all who take refuge in the Lord. Go out and pray the Psalms. <laughs>